what are some of the things that you have found that uh, has been perhaps pushed back by society or pushed back by other people in the medical field, possibly? What do you mean? Some of the some of the uh, more popular arguments or more popular topics there for tackling obesity that's being projected by other people in the media or other people in the field that you don't agree with? Okay. Um, <laughs> is, it, is, um, it, is it as simple as having a calorie-restrictive diet and being more active, or are we missing a, a, a lot more? That's That's part of it. I mean, so... I think it ultimately does come down to that in the end, but to get there is uh, really where the, where the battle is or where uh, people need information. So it's easy to say, Hey, you just need to eat less and move more. But like, that's like saying, I don't know. I I think um, I remember whenever I used to like go to clubs and bars and stuff and um I would try to approach women and I would have like friends and stuff or whatever, or even some cases I would give this advice to them. One of the bits of advice people would give to each other is like, Oh, just be confident. Like, just be confident. But like, you're like, wait a second. Like, how do I be confident if I don't know, like, how do I just do that? I can't just like will that, you know? And I feel like the uh, idea of just eat less is the same sort of idea. How do I actually eat less? So, um, I think there, uh, understanding why people are overeating is extremely useful because in order to know how we're going to eat less, we actually need to know why we're overeating. Um, the current theories that I think are the most prominent among the, the, the best in the field, the, the best obesity researchers is that we have foods that are basically what they call hyper palatable, which just means that they taste really delicious and um, they are calorie dense, which just means there's a lot of calories in a small little package and it tastes really good. And these foods have been created on the market in a sort of iterative process of uh, constant improvement towards this end of getting you to eat more of them. So think of all your favorite uh, uh packaged foods or, or, or our least favorite packaged foods for that matter, at least with respect to weight loss that, uh, that tastes really good. And that will make you fat. If you eat too much of them, these foods have been created as a result of a very long evolutionary process of, of competition between different companies to get you to eat more of them. And the companies that figured out the formula to get you to eat the most, uh, did well. And the ones that didn't, didn't do as well. And then, there was competition at another level again. And so iteratively, we've got these foods that are making people obese because of the, the market has, um, has, has produced, uh, these foods that sell the best. So the foods that are selling the best are the most obesogenic. And basically the market itself is creating obesogenic foods because of the competition. So yeah. Um, what are the characteristics of these? I already listed two. Basically, they're hyper palatable and they're calorie dense. And I think those are the two main ones. So if you want to try to reduce your calorie intake, you want to eat foods that are uh, not so uh, <laughs> not so delicious. I mean, if you think of like what I have in front of me right now, I have a, a bowl of oatmeal, 
Uh, and I just got up because, as I mentioned, it's 6.15 a.m. here in the United States. It's a bowl of oatmeal. I do add a little bit of sugar on it, or not sugar, but like uh, sweetener, um, like monk fruit extract and then erythritol. And that makes it taste a little bit better. But like I don't um, I don't add a bunch of oils into it in addition. You know, I don't add a bunch of butter. I can if I need those calories, if I'm like desperately in need of those calories, but I try to avoid that. So I try to make the food taste relatively good, but I don't like try to make it taste really delicious. Uh, although I can to some degree with the sweeteners, the artificial sweeteners. So I try to limit the calorie density and I don't try to uh, make everything taste the, the most good that it can possibly taste. Um, yeah, and then and then I think another thing that is sort of a black box in addition to those two factors is sort of keeping things relatively unprocessed. We don't know why processing tends to cause foods to to be more obesogenic, but like maybe it's the lack of fiber, maybe it's the reduction in protein content. There's uh, there's many different things, but in general, focusing on keeping the foods minimally processed as opposed to to uh, things that you get from a package. But of course, that's very difficult for many people because uh, there's time issues, there's resource issues, how are you gonna cook all your food, et cetera. And so one of the things that I personally do that I know that other people do is I do like meal prep. I actually have uh, meal prep on the weekends where I just have everything made for the entire week. And that way I can um, avoid this issue of like having to spend all of my time during the week cooking and making food. So that's how I, how I do that. I have, I have a big freezer where I actually put everything and then I microwave everything throughout the week. That's the way that I do it. So ultimately I end up having like kind of industrially produced food, except it's industrially produced by me. Um, so it is very convenient, but uh, yeah. So yeah, that, I think those, I, I would say calorie density, hyperpalatability, and uh, the level of processedness are some of the three main issues with respect to reducing calorie intake. And then there's a bunch of other issues independent of calorie intake that also um that also impact health for example uh, sodium content saturated fat contents fiber content uh you know whether it's an animal or plant food the protein content etc but yeah as far as reducing calorie intake is concerned the main things are going to be uh calorie density um hyperpalatability and the level of processedness and the uh, and the rest is sort of uh, building off of that sort of on the margins, which those other factors do have an impact and a significant impact. But uh, what I've mentioned there, those those three things are probably the main uh, base to build on when you want to think about how to reduce your food intake. So it's not necessarily carbohydrate content. You can have, again, I can have a bowl of oatmeal. I'm not going to get fat off of just, eat, if I just eat bowls of oatmeal a day, I'm not going to get fat. It's going to be really hard to do that. It's going to be almost impossible. Um, unless I start adding like butter to it, if I start adding a bunch of butter and then I start adding a bunch of sugar, then yeah, maybe we can start thinking about getting fat on all the bowls of oatmeal every day, but it's not the carbohydrates themselves. Likewise, if I eat, uh, just chicken breasts, right? I'm not going to get fat because I'm eating animal products because it's just chicken breasts. It's going to be very difficult to do that. So those are some two myths. Uh, two of the main myths is like animal products are making people fat or, carbohydrates and making people fat in both cases it's not necessarily true because you can eat both of each without uh, getting fat so that's that's some uh, core principles and those are some core some ideas that i think are wrong and uh yeah mm -hmm.